The Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. The Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter. That's at Providence Crier. Read our blog, theprovincecrier.com. Also joining me as always, we have BOC. Follow him on Twitter, at BOC all day. And then joining us um, from 24-7 Sports and Scout Friars, we have Rich Corin. Um, joining us to talk some recruiting and some notes from the Friars this offseason. Um, gentlemen, it's been a while. Uh <laughs> How was your summer? Summer, summer was excellent. Um, you know, it's good to be at the Jersey Shore enjoying the beaches. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I said to Mike and Rich, you know, turn the turn the page on the calendar. It's September first. It's time to think about Friar basketball. Fall's coming, and the season's going to be here quicker than uh, quicker than we anticipate. So I'm uh, enjoying the summer, but ready for Friar basketball. Yeah, summer was great. Uh, Glad to see uh, fall coming with uh, Friar basketball. A little bit of COVID in June, but aside from that, it was a it was a good active summer. And you know, it's funny um, as the season uh, approaches, especially when you're running a message board like mine, you're never too far away from Friar basketball or thinking about it. So, uh, ready to go? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, for me, it's been good as well. You know, I, I think. Uh... You know, we covered last time we, we all met was back in April after PC kind of pretty much shored up their entire roster for this upcoming season. Um, and then, you know, kind of just felt like it was good to take a little pause. But, uh, you know, a few things have happened over the course of the last time we met. Um, so let's get to it right now. And the biggest one being probably would be uh, the latest Friar to, to commit to PC. Class of 2023, Garway Duall from Indiana, now playing Southern Cal Basketball Academy, right? Something yep. like that? Yep. Southern uh, California Academy. Yep. And uh, Rich, you know, when we touched upon 2023 recruits, his name did come up, and here we are. We get a surprise commitment from him uh, back in June. And since then, he's absolutely torn up the AU circuit, and uh, it's pretty much a consensus top 100 guy now across the board yeah he's one of the more unusual recruiting stories because this past season he didn't even start for his high school team and then all of a sudden about a month and a half later in in, uh, AAU ball um, he blows up and you know everybody's sniffing around and he's like crashing the top 100 and um, he visits Providence Providence offers him in in May 
uh, middle May and in June. He visits and commits. And he's a guy who, had he stayed out there, the Blue Bloods would be after him because he's now, you know, threatening to crash the top 50. Um, and, and some services, they have him right around that. So, you know, big pickup for Providence, uh, immediate impact player, 6'5", long, athletic, uh, handles the ball well, his shooting will improve, absolute monster on defense, on ball defense. Um, so uh, great pickup for Ed Cooley and staff and kind of kick off the uh, recruiting class. I think I think one of the, the funny things when you, you read up on Dual is what, what the heck was the coach at Carmel High School doing, not having him start? <laughs> so first and foremost. Um, and then, yeah, this is a perfect example. I think we've seen this a ton of times where Cooley and staff, they find somebody uh, who's kind of under the radar, you know, uh, not really highly recruited, and but they see the potential and then his game explodes. And then we don't get the commitment and there's blue buds, but thankfully we got the commitment. So we're in a great place. Um this past weekend, it's the Pangos All-American uh, circuit. And for those recruiting nerds that follow this, it's like it's a very big AU circuit. And there were multiple independent independent of each other parties that said he was one of, if not the best player there. So this guy, like, you know, it, we landed him as kind of an unheralded recruit. When it's all said and done, he may be like a fringe five-star type recruit. So the sky's the limit for him. And we landed him at the right time because if he wasn't committed, I mean, it still may happen. He may he may receive some offers from some traditional blue buds. So it's it's a heck of a start for the 2023 class. And we've talked a lot about how the Sweet 16 run, how that may help in subsequent classes. And you know, it's we're seeing it come to fruition here. Yeah, and uh BOC's got a nice article on Garway. Do all a good deep dive on the provincecrier.com. Uh it's up there now. Give it a read. Um, but yeah, I mean, when we first got him, it was like okay, this guy's high motor, good, good defense, um, gets after it uh, on the defensive side of things. But, you know, you watch this tape, he averages, what, 28 points per game in this uh, Pangos tournament? And you watch his, his film, and, I mean, BOC, you nailed on the head, drives to the hole with ease. I mean, it looks effortless. Um, Wait, you see, you see a guy like – you see him, he's all, he's all arms and legs, right? Like you can see he's still growing into his body. And traditionally when you see those type of folks, like you don't necessarily see like a strong handle, but he was dribbling pretty seamlessly and effortlessly with in between his legs and just had really good ball control. And you just, it's kind of rare for a person who's like coming into his body still, it seems, which is a scary thought for the opposition when he's still kind of physically raw, but the talent's all there. Yeah. His, um, you know, one of the things about uh, dual is that, he can get in the paint whenever he wants to. You know, he's got the ball handling chops to really get in the paint. Um, guys can't stop him on the drive. And he finishes through contact, even though he's, you know, physically a little thin right now. He needs to probably bulk up a little bit. You know, you mentioned the Carmel coach. This is a kid who, and sometimes it happens, the light bulb just went off with him. And he meant he said to me uh, when I did an article on him after he uh, committed, you know, he said, some of the stuff that I'm doing now in the spring are things that I wasn't doing during the high school season. Um, and, he, and he said, I want to bring some of these, some of this development back to high school ball so I can be more successful in that venue. Um, so I don't know if it was the coach as much as it was just the situation where for this player, you know, the light bulb just went off and he just all of a sudden just bloomed. Um, and, and said, okay, I can do this stuff now. 
Yeah, I, I, I said that tongue in cheek, and I'll probably end up getting DMs from the Carmel coach saying I know nothing. So uh, that's good. But no, it's it's true. Some players like they just develop at a later time, and it, you know sometimes it takes being in a different environment. They use circuit versus high school, and you know he was new to Carmel coming from Houston, so it it all worked out though. And now he's a you know bona fide recruit. Yeah, and um, hey, didn't Michael Jordan not make uh, <laughs> his team uh, freshman year? No, that no, yeah, that's good. Just put expectations on him that he's the next Michael Jordan. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, but speaking of expectations and and comps, uh, no, I'm not comparing him to Michael Jordan. But BOC, you did have an interesting one in your post. Um, you know, definitely still give it a read. He's got a lot of good stuff in there. But but we'll talk about this. You said Brandon Austin. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure that kind of send shiver uh, a shiver up the fire fan spine with, with that one but i can see it yeah i mean i think he may have a little bit of a better handle than Austin at the same point uh but body types are almost identical uh he may be a little bit more athletic i think Austin was probably a, a better scorer um but body types are really identical they were both like lanky long we'll call them like combo guards even though Austin was probably a little bit more of a two guard but the the <laughs> on the court you know, Austin had his issues off the court, as we all know, it's been well-documented on the court. If he, you know, if he, you know, stayed in a straight and narrow, he would have been a, one of the better friars in his four years. So off the court, like his like, you know, off the court was a disaster, but on the court, he would have been a great product at Providence. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I actually just thought of a cop for oh, here you go. right now on top of my head. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Bones Island. Uh, the VCU product that uh, j- just got drafted by the Denver Nuggets, um, you know, skinny kid, uh, you know, gets after it defensively, uh, can block shots, can get steals, uh, attacks the rim, decent shot. Um, you know, again, not saying he's Bones Island right now, but that's, that's you know, I, I see that tape and that kind of reminds me of it. Rich, anybody, anybody like uh... – that he reminds you of just based off of past friars, even not even friars, just past recruits. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm going to get in trouble with you. Uh, I, um, I saw some Brandon Austin in his game as well. Yeah. Yeah. The the build is there. The style of play is there. I think Austin was a better shooter. Duel is probably a better defender and, and ball handler, but body type and, and caliber of, of of play i think that's that's a fair comparison yeah everybody every obviously he he left on bad terms but when we landed him that was a bona fide recruit like that was a great landing like i think if i recall we landed him over yukon texas like a lot of really good programs so again remember that aspect of the brandon Austin legacy not necessarily (laughs) when he got to providence right right all right so let's um so obviously he's a big piece of the 2023 class. And, in, in, you know, if we look at the Friars down in the future here. Um, so, so let's take a look at a few other guys in 2023. Um, we touched upon this last time we met. Now, first I want to go uh, Silas Demery Jr. You had spoken about him. It looked like PC was interested. I'm getting the sense that they took Duol over him and now they've kind of cooled on him. Is that accurate? I think it is. I think uh, I think as soon as they took Duell, because uh, Demery, if you remember at the time, Demery had an official visit scheduled, and he canceled that. 
And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Duell committed. Uh, they're very similar type players. Demery is very much a defense first uh, type uh, guard. And Duell is actually, at this point, better than Demery as a defensive guard. So I think that Providence has moved on from Silas and vice versa. Yeah. Which is, which is unfor- like, that's another guy where I just loved him. I would have loved if we added him as well. Um, but wherever he lands, he's going to be a pest defensively. And he's, he's a big body kid. He's going to do great. All right, so um, another name that that's actually on the same team as Garway Duell, uh, Drew Fielder. Um, wh- you know, I know he's garnering a ton of interest right now. His recruitment is really blown up. Um, wh- what do we think about him? Yeah, so Fielder is a 6'9", 205-pound forward out of uh, Southern California Academy, uh, originally from Idaho, went to California. Around the beginning of July, Providence had a flurry of activity as far as offers uh, to kids out of California. Uh, Fielder was one of those kids. They offered him, uh, they offered him, I believe, on July 22nd or July 11th. But he is a kid who is going to visit. Uh, they're having him in um, around uh, September, I believe, 16th or 17th. Um, and I think there is a solid chance with him. And it's interesting because at Pangos, Dual may have been the top performer. Fielder was right there with him. You know, he's a kid who can really shoot. He can stretch the floor. He would be a really, really a perfect stretch for an, an Ed Cooley system. I think I think all of us would sign up for a Noah Horkler 2.0. I was just about to say that. I mean, you know, we saw what what Horkler was able to do for PC last year as a big that could stretch the floor, and it really just helped the offense as a whole. Um, you know, definitely would be a great add. You know, I, I do worry that whereas with Duol, he's committed now, um, and Fielder's still uncommitted, and he's only gaining more and more interest. So, um, you know, Rich, do you have any insight on, on, you know, where PC stands and obviously they're getting the visit and everything, but um, are they still feeling good about their chances? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Providence is in a very good position with with, uh, Fielder. Um, I think you've got Dual is probably in his ear. Uh, These kids, once they commit, they do some recruiting themselves Here's a kid who's right on his team that he knows Ed and Jeff and those guys, uh, you know, uh, Blaney, they're all talking to this kid. Um, and I think that they're getting him at a good time on campus. And from his the comments that he's made, I think uh, I think Fielder is very high on Ed and the Friars. Yeah, so he takes a visit to USC this weekend, actually. Um, and then does he have another visit? Well, Fielder is a kid who, if Gonzaga offered him, he'd go. Yeah. But Gonzaga, and this is no slight against Fielder, is recruiting at a higher level right now and has not offered Fielder. So they would be a team that I would be worried about. Um, but I think, you know, USC, they're in there and everything, but I, I still think Providence is in good position. Excellent, excellent. So, um, you know, Corley and I are going to d- d- take a deep dive into that 23 primer that we put out a little while back. And we'll probably uh, 
add some new guys, but but who are you hearing um, as latest guys PC is targeting? Uh, I would say, well, well, right now the the primary kid is Curtis Williams. Uh, now Curtis Williams is going to be is a six six small forward, which is a position of need. Um, he is going to be. Uh, Williams is out of Brother Rice High in Michigan, so Ladante Hinton is really helping with that recruitment, and, and Ladante really kind of, he helped get, PC got in late with him, but Ladante helped get Williams' attention towards PC. Williams is visiting at the exact same time as Fielder. Mm. So they're going to have those two guys on campus around September 16th, 17th together, now, Williams has said that he's going to be announcing on September 19th, which is going to be right after his visit. He's visiting Louisville first, and then he's coming to Providence. So we have to survive the Louisville visit, get him to Providence. And I think, again, he's a kid that Providence, I think, is in really good shape with. Uh, they offered him late. They offered him on July 21st. So it's been about, only about a month, a little over a month. Um, like I said, they were a little late with him, but they've made covered great ground with him. And I think they're in good position with Curtis Williams. I mean, if you're, if you can leave that weekend with a trio of Dual, Fielder and Williams, that's a, that's a top 15, top 20 nationally ranked class. That that'd be fantastic. Even landing one of those two, not only fit a need, but it'd be another home run. Hey, Mike, you know, you mentioned the him uh, do all partnering with or being teammates with Fielder. Who else is his teammate? Do you remember? Yeah, that would be uh, Pawtucket's own Isaiah Miranda, um, <laughs> the big man. Uh, one of you know, I, I, I've I heard on Titus and Tate he, he was called the because he was a target of Kentucky, uh, the best player to come out of Rhode Island. I, I was quick to discredit that one. I, obviously, he's a very very talented player, but uh, I would have gone with Leto who. Was ranked higher than Miranda is right now, but uh, but yeah, so they're all on the same team. You know, he's a guy that's looked at UCLA and USC. Obviously, he moves out to California to play uh, to finish out his high school career. So, to me, I, I think it's a long shot. Rich, do you, do you have good news for, like to, to, to sway my opinion otherwise? Or well, well, I don't think we're going to have to wait for long because I, I believe today Miranda announced that he was going to he was going to uh, announce his finalists. Are is that tomorrow or on Friday? Yeah, tomorrow. Yep, yep. So I think we're going to see if Providence is included. Way back in April when we talked about this, I said I thought no way. It's a super long shot. I still feel the same way. I, I don't. I don't think Providence. Um, they may make his finalist list. Out of, out of courtesy as a local kid, but I think he ends up going elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I just feel like, you know, you can tell he really likes the California lifestyle, it seems like, uh, from, you know, social media and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I would be surprised as well. Back to Williams, though, I made the same mistake you did, Rich. He's actually visiting um, Louisville, the weekend of the 16th and us the weekend of the 8th. I thought he, I thought he had switched that around and he was coming here on the 16th. I thought originally it was originally, I think he had announced the 8th and, and then I thought the latest word was he was coming the 16th. Let's hope, let's hope that's the case. Cause if so, you want, you always want the final visit before. Yeah. Someone yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm reading an article from uh, 
two days ago. So I don't know if that's changed or not, but um, I remember I, I made the same, same mistake and I said the same thing. I said, you know, if he, he can leave the Louisville visit without a commitment, I would really like our chances. Um, but, you know, it, I don't know. I would definitely think the 16th would be more helpful considering it's closer to his commitment date. And uh, obviously with I, coming I have him down. I have him down as having switched and, and coming to us to Providence on the 16th. So we'll see. We'll, we'll check on that afterwards. But, yeah. uh, but I think that's the case. The other kid to keep an eye on um, is Michael Nwako. Oh, yeah, six, yeah, yeah. 6'10 power forward center out of uh, – out of Burlington School in North Carolina. Now we've been on him for a while. We offered him back in last September. Uh, he's a Jeff Battle recruit. Back when I did my ten targets to keep an eye on, he was one of them um, in April, um, and he is visiting Providence, I believe, September 9th. So he's here a week before those other guys. Uh, Providence really would like him. He's a true post player. He's like 240 pounds, so he's a banger, uh, very physical, really good student. He's, um, so he's looking at some high academic schools, um, and he's a kid that has, he's got a soft touch inside. He rebounds well. Uh, he's physical. Um, he would be sort of a perfect Ed Croswell-type replacement for next year if they can nab him. So he's a he's a kid that um, in the next week or two we're going to want to pay attention to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, Curtis, but back to Curtis Williams quickly for one, one more time here. Um, you know, he's kind of a big body kid. Um, you know, I, I think he would probably have to. You know, I don't know if the focus machine's still working, but uh, he could maybe be on the focus machine a little bit. Um, but I mean, he's a guy that can another guy that can score off the wing and. Province has, has had so much success with wing players over the years um, with Diallo, you know, you know, going on down the line, uh, Harris, um, what have you. So, you know, obviously the wing position's a good spot for PC and, and hopefully they can, can have him. I think you look at, it's already weird to think about after this year, but you have what Croswell's leaving, you have more leaving um, and then we'll lock too, but the front court's wide. The front court is absolutely wide open. So if you're a high level recruit, and obviously Providence has done well of recent, you're saying, "Hey, I can walk into potentially even a start a start like Rafael Castro may have something to say about that, but potentially a starting starting spot day one as a freshman. Like that's really really appealing." Yeah, they. Um, you know, it, it surprised me a little bit that some of the um, really primary targets of the front court that they had coming out of April May have pretty much peeled off and gone elsewhere. Yeah. So much stuff like they got, you know, some of these highly rated kids, I thought coming off the season that we had with the minutes that were going to be available next season, um, I thought we would nab one of them, but a lot of them have sort of uh, gone elsewhere. So I think Michael Duoco is a kid that they really, it would make a statement, I think, if they can, if they can reel him in, uh, because he would certainly be someone that you could plug into that front court uh, pretty quickly, I think. How big do you think Cooley's looking for for the size of a class this year? I mean, you know, with the transfer portal the way it is these days, um, it's kind of flipped everything on its head. Um, 
do you see this as a, a four man class or, you know, maybe is it two or three? I think it could go four. You know, I mean, duels there. Let's say that they grab, I mean, basically, I mean, look, they've got three guys visiting, right? If all three commit, they, they would absolutely take all three of those guys. They want all three of those guys. Right away, off the, right at then, you've got a four-man class. Yeah. So I think that they're very open to a four-man class. And then there's a couple other names that recently have popped up. Uh, Brady Dunlap, uh, a six-seven small forward. Again, another California kid uh, that they started recruiting and offer right around the same time as Fielder. Um, <clears throat> he was, you know, they're trying to get him to visit. Um, Jacob McFarland today released a top nine. Uh, uh, was one of them. He's a forward, uh, again, out of California. So there are other kids now are Dunlap and McFarland more fallbacks if they don't get fielder. We'll see. Uh, but there, I know that, you know, this is one of the things, or fielder Williams rather, you know, so they've got some kids out there that they're actively trying to get, get to campus. Hey, Rich, can I ask you a question? And I just don't know the answer. It seems like there's obviously a trend of offering a lot of, a lot of kids at West, especially this cycle. And I know Mike, Mike, his ears are probably bleeding hearing this, but like I've always talked about like, hey, let's, you know, let's focus on the tri-state and New England, but it seems like they're doing the exact opposite. Like, has there been a movement with any of the personnel on staff or like what is or is it just there's a lot of talent out there and we're going to pounce on it? Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, this cycle. And I think it's more, you know, they were out there to see, you know, they they, they, they certainly were involved with Duel going out there. Um, and when they went out there to check on Duel, they saw some other players that they liked. Um, they went to some prep tournaments that, that happened out in California. And out of that weekend that they spent out there watching these tournaments, some of these other offers came to be. So I think it, I think it's more circumstance this sure. year around than anything that you're going to see on a consistent basis. Makes well, sense. BOC, I got an answer for you. What's that? This is what Cooley did at BC. I mean, people forget, man. Like, Ed Cooley, when he was assistant under Al Skinner at, at Boston College, and that team was very good um, for, for, you know, a few years. They targeted a ton of dudes from California. They did. Um, uh, God, why am I blanking on their names now? Like, but, what uh, about like, uh, it, well, is Craig it? Smith. Craig, Craig Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah, Jared yeah. Dudley. There yep. we go. Uh, yeah, those guys were California guys. And um, I always wondered, like, when Cooley has been here, why he hasn't done that. You know, they got Cartwright, but if you remember, Cartwright was kind of a last minute thing. Cartwright, um, fell, Cartwright fell into their laps. That was yeah. a that was gift wrapped, and we're very lucky for that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like, yeah, going back to Cooley's days at BC, that was his primary recruiting area, the the West Coast. So I'm uh, I'm surprised that hasn't happened sooner, but I'm glad it's happening now because you know I definitely think there's talent to be found. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think a lot of it has to do maybe with the fact that it does take a little bit of a recruiting budget commitment. Yep. You know, you, you want to get these, you want to be in front of these kids, go to a lot of their games, you know, be in contact with them a lot, let them see you. And it just isn't as convenient or easy to, if you're pro, a small school like Providence to get out to the West coast on a consistent basis. So I think they're, I think at Providence, they're kind of like picking and choosing their battles a little bit with uh 
with the amount of investment that they do with West Coast players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's totally fair. But that's always something that, that that's kind of aged me. Like why, you know, Cooley was always doing that at BC. But, um, and, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned, you said the bigs from California or North Carolina, Carolina area? Uh, Nuoco is from a Burlington school in North Carolina. Okay. So he's a Jeff Battle guy. Yeah, so, I mean, provinces has, you know, invested a ton in that area and it hasn't, it, Corley pulls his hair out uh, <laughs> thinking about it. But, um, yeah, you know, they haven't had too much success there. So you got to wonder if maybe the tides are kind of shifting. But Or when they do have success, they just transfer a year after. Yeah. Program, yeah. <laughs> are, you, are, are you having Greg Gant nightmares? I actually – I know. I love Greg Gant. I think, I think there's a, a handful of other folks who – it, they weren't a fit from the start end, uh, but I won't go into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much the, the, the status of the 2023 class w- where PC stands as of now, um, you know, we're getting closer to the season guys. Uh, pretty exciting stuff. Um, Rich, you, you had mentioned you've heard some reports from practice and all that. Uh, oh, yeah. care, care to share any of that? Yeah, I think I think there's some exciting things going on. I think it's a team that is very deep, and very talented. It's maybe the most talented roster, top to bottom, that that Ed has had. Um, some of the guys are coming along really well. I think Bryce Hopkins is going to be a, a just a, a monster. Um, he's physically, he's really big, and he moves well. His shooting is improving. Um, I think he's a kid that is going to be an immediate impact player. Um, another kid that has gotten rave reviews has been uh, the freshman point guard, Jaden Pierre. Um, he's, he's sort of ahead of his, ahead of his time a little bit there. He's, he's, uh, playing really well. He's still a little hesitant on decision-making, but that's a freshman point guard. Uh, but high marks for him. Uh, Devin Carter, uh, another immediate impact player, a kid who's going to, uh, really impact games on both ends of the floor, gets downhill well, plays great defense, looks a little unorthodox, a little off balance at times, but makes the plays and finishes. Um, So there's three guys right there that the reports have been really, really positive on from what I've heard. If if you were going to, I think we would all probably say, if you're going to look at team MVP, you know, the the betting favorites got to be buying them, right? Oh yeah. Who, who's going to be his? We'll say his Robin. Who's going to be the second? The second? Uh, second in command? Would you say it's Hopkins? I think Hopkins has a chance. Yeah. I think they're so balanced yeah. that there, there's a lot of guys. I mean, Noah Locke is a he's sort of an AJ Reeves type shooter where he gets a little streaky sometimes, but when he's on, he can light it up. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Corey Floyd. Yeah. Uh, I know he's a favorite of yours. Oh, yeah. He's a kid, from what I've heard, he is just physically really strong. Uh, going to be a real defensive pest. His shooting is in and out. That's going to improve. Uh, but he's a kid who I think Ed can put in there, along with a Devin Carter, that can really get into guys on defense and make things really difficult in the backcourt for uh, other teams guards yeah the 
they they posted a picture in those like summer weightlifting sessions and Floyd Jr. looked like Ben Bentiel. He just like was eating weights. Uh, so he's going to be, he's going to be, you know, the all come off the bus team. First guy off the bus. He, uh, he's going to make some uh, UConn fans not all that happy. That's for sure. You know, so I spoke with a couple of guys. I spoke with, uh, I spoke with Ed Croswell and Ladante. <clears throat> and, the interesting thing is one of the things I said to him right off the bat was, you know, you guys could be really good this year, but the number one thing is going to be getting guys to buy into their roles, meshing together, all these new players meshing together chemistry-wise. Last year, you had a lot of new guys come in, but they were they were uh grad transfer. Yeah. They were old, it was an old team last year. This year you've got all these new guys, but they're very young, a lot of them. And both Ed and Ladante said, oh, we talk about that all the time. They're very aware that they've got to all mesh together, build the chemistry, and get on the same page. And Ed and Ladante both also said, that's our job. That, you know, taking that to heart as people on the team and and coaching the team, that that we're drilling that into them. We're ve- we're making everybody very aware of those things. Yeah, that's I mean, that's just the biggest thing. You know, I think this team this season is more has more talent overall. Um, but my concern and it's why, you know, as we get closer, if we're gonna start doing some previews and stuff, um, why I, I'm not ready to put Providence in any certain spot because I, I just think the chemistry and role definition, it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't, you know, instantly happen. Um, so, so I don't know. I, to me, I, I am worried about that, but I do think talent wise, this team is stronger than last year. I, I think the start of this year, and I completely agree. I think the start of the year, there's probably, there may be one or two like really frustrating losses where you're like, what, how the hell heck do we lose to that team? Cause everybody's still trying to find their identity, their roles. Like it is a lot of new players. And to Rich's point, like, even though there were a lot of transfers, they were all in the, in the program for a year or if not more. Um, but I do think like, if you're looking to looking to a blueprint, you can almost look at a, a team like Creighton where they were so young last year they had a rough start to the year and then they came on like gangbusters towards the end of the year. You can replicate that and say, okay, let's let them find their roles. Maybe we'll go, we'll have some speed bumps initially. And then they really take off towards the latter part of the big East. Yeah. I think one of the things that we need to look at also is the fact, you know, everybody's talking about the out of conference schedule Yeah, and they haven't released it yet, obviously, but it's not going to be, it's, there's not going to be a lot of big names on that schedule. That's going to work in our favor. Because Providence needs some of those easier games to kind of learn how to play with one another, learn to play together, feel, see what a win feels like. And I think if they if they went in with the type of schedule they had last year, they would take their lumps early. Yep. And I agree with you. They're going to lose some early games that they probably shouldn't. But I really think by January, this team is going to be a team that not a lot of uh, folks are going to want to play. Yeah. Who's, um, I have my pick, but Rich, who do you think, and Mike, you too, who do you think is a player that maybe we're overlooking due to being with the program for a while or just hasn't produced to date? Like, is there a certain player that comes to mind at all that may, may surprise us? 
I mean, Alan Breed, yeah. he's been with the program. He's a junior this year. Um, he has worked extremely hard in their off, off season. I mean, he's got his body work needs to be. Um, he's bringing the intensity uh, every day in practice. Uh, he's already was a, a very, very above average, very good defensive player. For him, it's all about seeing the ball go in the basket, seeing yeah. those shots fall, uh, that teardrop that he has, the the, um, the the jump shot. If he can get those shots to fall, Alan Breed could be a very, very good player this year. Yeah, it seemed like it seemed like he had a weird sophomore slump um, yeah. because I was super bullish on him coming off of his freshman year. Like, granted, that year was a pretty bad performance year as an aggregate, but. There were times even with like a Duke and a Reeves and some other people on the court, he was the best Watson. He was sometimes the best player on the court as a true freshman. And I'm hoping you just rekindle that magic. Sorry, Mike, I cut you off there. No, I, I was just going to say, you know, his, his season last year was beyond frustrating for yeah. me, at least. I don't know about you guys, because like, it's like, man, like if you could have just delivered what you did freshman year, you know, Maybe that's enough for PC to get over at Kansas, you know, who knows? Uh, and, you know, it, it was, it was tough to see. I, I think for him, it was a little harder, I would guess, because there's more guys in the pecking order than there was the year prior. And, you know, if you remember, Bynum gets hurt in 2020 and that's where he got a shot and that's where he, uh, you know, blossomed and showed flashes of, of what he could be. Um, and you know, I, I think this past year, the role maybe being not as concrete, um, might've impacted that, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to to go there because I I just feel like they have so many new pieces that they're going to want to integrate, that they're going to want to get involved. Um, we'll see, Uh, you know, the jury's still out obviously, but, um, Ed likes experience. Yeah. You know, sure. Breed, and Breed is one of the few guys on the team this year. You got Bynum, you've got Croswell and Breed, who returning, who bring experience. Early last season, Breed had a game, and I forget who it was against, where he drove to the hoop and tossed up his teardrop that was going in last year, and he missed up four or five of them. Yeah. I think after that game, I think he lost confidence and it was in it, it was in his head a little bit. He was bypassing shots. He didn't look confident when he was shooting. And I think if he can gain that back in off, during the offseason and, and practice and everything, I think he, he he's going to be a dangerous player. Oh, hey, okay. I'm all for it. Believe me. <laughs> Mike, I'll put you on the spot here. If you were to name your starting five, it's September 1st. Who, who who are you saying you're starting five? And I'm giving Rich some uh, time to think that one through. Um, I think I'm going with with. I go back and forth on this because it's like where's what position is um is uh more or more Croswell? No, no, no. Um, the Kentucky guy, Jesus. Hopkins. Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, like, is he going to play the four or the three? You know? Um, so that kind of throws a wrench into it for me. But gun to my head, I'd go Bynum, Carter, Locke, Hopkins, Crosswell. Rich, agree, disagree? <clears throat> That's a pretty good starting five. 
vitamin. I definitely would have vitamin Carter. I definitely would have Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, I think where you, it depends on what Ed wants to do. Does he want to play more at the five Croswell at the four and Hopkins at the three? Oh, I didn't think of more and more. bring Locke off the bench as, as that, that instant offense off the bench, you know, the problem with if you if the problem with Moore and Croswell together is is you don't have a lot of depth if one of the, or two of those guys get into foul trouble. Yeah. So you may want to start Croswell Hopkins at the four. I think Hopkins is going to play both the three and the four, yeah. depending on the subs. Um, and then Castro is your depth, uh, but we don't know what we're going to get from him. You know, his defense is further ahead of his offense. I think you're going to get rebounding. You're going to get shot blocking. Um, I think as we saw in uh, in Spain, you're not going to get a lot of offense right away from him. So that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm yeah. Gonna, I, 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 go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, you know, um, Locke coming from Florida and Louisville, I don't think he's coming here to come off the bench. Like, I, I think no chance now. Uh, to be honest with you, um, whether or not they place him at the two or the three, I mean, obviously he would be a little bit undersized at the three. Right. Um, so, but, but I don't know. I, I think that's a tough ask, um, um, but who knows? I mean, the, the, those Florida teams and those Louisville teams weren't that successful. So yeah. um, you are really small. If you go Bynum, Carter, Locke, Hopkins at six six at the four, Croswell at six eight ish at the at the five. That's a small team. Now you may want to go that way for certain matchups, but I don't know if that's going to be sustainable come Big East time. And that's why I think you're going to get more at six ten, six eleven in there. Um, and, and I've heard good things about his skill set's pretty good. He's another rim protector, which you know Providence hasn't had. And if you're going small, you need that rim protector. Yeah, and I kind of feel like he's he's like a bit of a hybrid on offense where, you know, he seems like he runs the floor pretty well, uh, more that is, and, you know, cutting to the hoop, getting dunks and stuff. Like, I, I do think he's definitely going to have a big role, whether it's starting or not, we'll see. I, I think flexibility is the, the biggest thing, and, I mean, Cooley loves versatility, flexibility, whatever you want to call it. Um and this team definitely has that. I think there's so many combinations you can go with. Like, you want to go big, you can go more at the four, Hopkins at the three. Uh, you want to go small, you put Locke at the three, uh, Hopkins at the four. Um, you know, you want, you know, who knows? We could see Carter and Bynum out there. We could see Carter and um, and uh, uh, Pierre out there. We could see Pierre and Bynum out there maybe even. Who knows? Um so I, it's, and then I didn't mention Floyd. So a lot of versatility, a lot of combinations. It'll be definitely interesting to see what they do. I think it's what makes this team so exciting and, you know, different from last year. Like last year was obviously a, a magical historic year. This one, I don't know if necessarily there's a lot of high expectations. I think most rational fans with their expectations are pretty moderate, but there's, there's so much room for growth and improvement and there's so many unknowns that it's going to lead to like a pretty exciting year. And a lot of these players besides maybe, you know, 
one or two of the starters will be back the year after. So it's like, it's a growing period. And the year after might be the one where we springboard to have like a serious run. So to me, this is like a, Hey, we had a great year last year. Let's see what we can do this year. Maybe we'll shock some people. And then we build towards the year after. Yeah, well, with- I, I had zero expectations of last year's team and, and BOC credit to you. You had uh, expectations of them going to a sweet 16, which they did. Yeah. Uh, for the first time in 20 years. So, um, you know, to me, my hope would be that you build off last year and actually, you know, not have a down year because I think Cooley's entering a, a critical phase in where province is going in the future here. Um, if you can string together another tournament appearance, maybe get a win in the tournament, like that's only going to help build this thing going forward. Um so, well, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, BOC, with, you know, the team is definitely younger, um, and maybe there is growing pains. But for me, the hope has to be that this talent kind of wins out here and um, they can have a really strong year because it's all about momentum in college hoops, it feels like. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it's, I, going to, yeah. I think it's going to be important, too, and we'll see what happens. You know, even though you've got Bynum as your, as your leader – and as he should be, got to get Pierre playing time uh, to build experience and confidence with him because he really takes it, takes it over the following year. Um, and to play Pierre and Bynum together, it probably will happen at times this year, but that's really small. And, and, and teams can really take advantage, of, especially of Bynum defensively. So it's going to be interesting to see how they get minutes for all these guys and make sure that they get the experience that they need for the following year. Bynum, does Bynum theoretically, like, I don't think he takes it, but does Bynum theoretically have an, an extra year after this? I don't think so. I think he's, I think he's a grad student. I think he's gone. I, I thought think. because of, I thought because of the COVID year, he might. Okay. I um, think um, this is his last season. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, he is super yeah. confusing. Uh, yeah. But I mean, one thing with Bynum, I'll, I'll say, um, you know, I, I I think the big question with with Province is like, do you need Bynum to be the hero and, and put on the cape? You know, um, and can Bynum do that? You know, we've seen it in spurts. Um, you, you think about it, he averaged what like twelve point something per game last year. There were stretches where he was averaging like twenty four, twenty five a game over like a five game stretch. So. You know, granted, he had the injury earlier, but, you know, are they going to need him to, to shoulder the load offensively it would be my question. And can he do it on a consistent basis? I kind of like you remember the Xavier game where he just put the cape on and saved us. I as great as that was, I remember the first thing I text you guys and maybe I'm just a pessimist. But the first thing I text you guys in like the Friday group chat was, hey, like we can't just all stand around the perimeter and just expect him to to ball out every single game. And I really hope that they don't do that this year because Cooley's teams traditionally are very like point guard heavy and point guard centric. And I don't want them to just put all the weight on Bynum's shoulders because I think having like last year, besides the Xavier game, everybody was really well-rounded on scoring. And that led to like pick your poison on for defenses. So I think he can do it. I just don't want him to. And I don't think that's a recipe for success in my opinion. Well, don't be surprised though, to see a heavy dose of Bynum early in the season. When, until these guys get their, their legs under them and they, they sort of, you know, learn what their roles are and some patterns and 
all that kind of stuff. I think Bynum is going to have to carry a heavy load. And again, some of these these teams that are sort of, you know, they're not as strong early in the season. I don't think that's going to be that much of a problem for him. And I think he will look to try to get other guys involved. Yeah. Awesome. Well, definitely exciting uh, season ahead for the Friars. Um, You know, already September. It will be November here before you know it. Um, We'll be back. Uh, BOC's got to get out of here, so so we'll wrap it up for today. But we'll be back with some more content for you. We'll we'll have Rich back on. Um, Also, little nugget here we might do be doing some rebranding so so keep an eye out for that as well um a lot of exciting things man i'm i'm excited to be back here uh it was a great summer but um can't wait for pc hoops man time to get back on the grind oh yeah (laughs) all right awesome thanks guys Let's take them back to school PC, you know we on go, ayy Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ayy Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Ho, ayy I'm the alpha dog, D.I.L.O. They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage And he see me bumping, so we gon' let him have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth